listening to The Currency. Welcome. I'm my guest and I'm your host. Glad to have you guys along. Glad to be here. This is the first episode of 2022. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. This is episode number 111. Hope you're doing great. Recording this on a, on a Sunday. It's January 2nd, 2022. And um, yeah, I hope you had a great holiday. I took a week off last week. I had two of my three kids were in town, so thought maybe I'll take a little break. I was going to record on Sunday, but I just thought, ah, I need a break. It's the holidays and I need to be with family. I hope you had a great holiday. Whether you celebrate Christmas or not, I hope you had a great holiday weekend. I hope that your New Year's festivities were perfect. A lot of merrymaking, but not so much that the next day you were just feeling miserable. There's always something exciting about hope. The new year, it brings a sense of hope. And uh, it's interesting, you know, I, I do a lot of I do a lot of strategic planning, strategic strategy making for clients. And I've got a beef with with strategic planning and it kind of ties into this sense of the new year. We often will kind of look forward to the new whatever, new year, new, you know, fiscal year, new strategy year, et cetera, with the business and our personal lives. We're looking forward to the new year. And we're saying, okay, let me let me plan forward. It's gonna be great. But the way that we plan forward is we look back at what happened behind us. And we try to take what happened already and use that to inform how we're going to tackle the new year, the new business plan, the new strategy, fill in the blanks. And we all do this. So we're looking at the new year and we're going, oh, I mean, the joke right now, the meme kind of underlying everything for 2022 is, my God, please, I can't take it anymore. I mean, this idea of having excitement and hope for the new year has been beat out of us the last two years. We all went into... 2020 excited you know we heard some rumblings yeah china's got some disease over there killing people sucks to be them but boy am i looking forward to a new 2020 and then very shortly we started to realize that this is a problem for everybody and what started out as uh you know people dropping in the streets and come to find out they weren't really dropping in the streets but what we were being shown was and what we inferred from what we were seeing is that people were just dropping dead of this mystery disease, this mystery virus. And, you know, that kicked off 2020, 2020. A lot of people's plans and ideas got shot to oblivion. And then there was this idea like, well, it'll be a few months, but, you know, 2021 is going to be better. And then 2021 has been terrible. And so we've had two really tough years. And and for various reasons, I mean, I'm going to say like a lot of our problems have been self-inflicted, self-induced. And some of you are like, yeah, because people aren't wearing enough masks and they didn't get enough injections. Uh, yeah. OK. All right, boomer. <laughs> it's because people aren't masking up enough. Oh, my gosh. It's two years of this. I, look, we've we've caused a lot of our own problems. The, the numbers that we're being fed are not necessarily truthful. We've caused a lot of the deaths uh, unnecessarily, and then some of the deaths were going to happen anyway. And golly, where did the flu go? But now the flu's back, and oh no, you can get both COVID and the flu together. But like in 2020, the flu was unheard of. I mean, it's just just all kinds of nonsense. Uh, but we've kind of gotten into this mindset where we don't have hope. We're losing hope. We don't have hope for our new year. We're sitting here at the at the beginning of 2022, and we're cynical. We are disillusioned. We're discouraged. Now, I'm here to tell you something. If your mother never told you this, if your father never told you this, I'm going to tell you, hey, buck up. 
Life is tough already. Life's always been tough. Yeah, you know, in the West, we've enjoyed, especially in America, but in the West, we, we've enjoyed something unique that other generations have not enjoyed before. And we kind of presume it to be our birthright, this kind of really lovely material, uh, materially wealthy, uh, leisure-oriented, recreation-oriented lifestyle. This is something that we just assume, you know, is normal to the human experience. That's not the case. Now, I want to be very clear. I'm not saying all this to say, hey, um, inflation is good for you and joblessness is good for you and having to get multiple jabs or you lose you know, your rights as a citizen, that's good for you. I'm not, I'm not making an argument for, the, for what the Biden administration is trying to pass off as, golly, things are just swimmingly fantastic right now. Old corn pop sure would be proud. <laughs> I'm not making that argument, but what I am saying is we have an expectation in our culture, in our society, in America and other Western societies that things are going to be great. And we've lost hope because of that, because things haven't quite gone the way that we wanted. And I think, you know, I, I don't want to romanticize previous generations, but I do think there has been a series of changes over the last hundred years or more, a couple hundred years, but certainly last few decades of, of what our expectations are, what we take for granted, what we assume, what we believe and agree to be true, what we think should be. This has changed. We don't necessarily agree with our forefathers on, on what is true. We don't necessarily agree with those that came before us. Uh, on what should be or what is true and all that. I mean, what's good, what's, what's evil, what's, what should be, what's assumed to be the human condition. Our forefathers were used to the idea of people dying. This death, death was and remains a part of human life. What's really interesting about all this, by the way, a little side comment off of a side comment off of a side comment, is that we sit here in this hyper-scientific world. We're about science in America in the modern day. You're on the wrong side of history if you don't embrace science. It's science, 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 and oh, evolution, and we're evolving, and oh, technology, it's so good for us. All this bullshit, okay? Let's call it for what it is. Because at the same time that we're all for science, oh, and, and, and technology and evolution and the species and the herd and all is just crapola. We run around like a bunch of little children terrified of the reality of that scientific world, which is, and this isn't me pro promoting this. This is just, if you embrace the scientific mentality, well, red in tooth and claw, the strong survive and the weak get whittled out of the society. The weak get eliminated from the herd. And so the first time something comes along that's going to remove people from the herd and we all crap our pants and run around, you know, screaming bloody murder and, and you know, my rights and, and save me government and, oh, I need medicine and, the, and do what Anthony Fauci says. We're just we're, we're the biggest bunch of hypocrites in this society that the face of the earth has ever witnessed I'm willing to wager money on that. We're such big talkers in the modern world about there is no God. There is no spiritual world. There's no transcendent. There's, no, there's not even any truth. It's all about science. The universe is meaningless. We're just stardust.
We're just a collection of molecules and atoms. We're just these highly evolved machines. And the universe will keep going and evolution will keep marching on and science will have its way. And we need to submit ourselves to the reality of this mechanistic, naturalistic world. There is no God. And at the first sign of trouble, who's shit in their pants? Who's running to mommy's skirts, begging to be protected, begging to be kept alive? Please spare me. I'll do anything to live. Well, it's, it's, it's the science people, isn't it? It's those that don't have any conception of a life after the one we have now. It's those that don't have any understanding of transcendence. It's those that have no meaning. There's a crisis of meaning. There's a, there's a, great, uh, there's a great guy on YouTube. He's a, he's a pastor out of, I want to say San Francisco, but I could be wrong. He's on the West Coast. He's, he's, on, he's in California somewhere. And his name is Paul Vanderclay. And, uh, and I haven't quite figured out Paul yet. I mean, I like him. I like, I listen, he puts out a ton of content and he's building a little community. He's probably got 20, 25, 30,000 subscribers on YouTube. He's got a podcast and essentially his podcast his YouTube channel. It's just, everything just goes everywhere. So everything is a podcast episode. Everything's a YouTube video. And a lot of it is him either commenting on a Jordan Peterson, uh, interview, uh, it might be him commenting on a three-way discussion between, say, Peterson and Jonathan Peugeot and, and uh, you know, Bishop Barron or somebody like he. But he just jumps in there. And I think, you know, what he's trying to get at is this idea of meaning. I, and and, and I, forgive me if I'm not representing Paul correctly, but I think he's trying to build a community around these discussions and root those people in the community around a search for meaning, in a positive way. I don't think that he's over there going, I just care about the question. He's a reformed uh, minister, not sure what denomination he's in, but you know, he's, he's orthodox with a small O, meaning I don't think this is one of these emergent church guys who's like, I just want to live in the question. You know, answers aren't what we're looking for here. We just want to live in the question, man. It's about the narrative. Uh, smart guy, very informal, but I bring him up to say this crisis of meaning. I think he's identified along with others. I don't think he's unique in this, that we have a crisis of meaning in our society. And so where I'm saying we're full of BS and that these science people are the first ones to run for the hills and beg for mercy and scream that the government has to keep them alive and keep them fat and happy while they can eat Cheetos and play video games uh, at the same time, I think he's identifying like part of the problem is we have no meaning in our lives. And this is one of the problems with the science, atheistic, uh, materialistic, naturalistic view of the world. And if you are an atheist and a materialist, I'm not trying to attack you. I don't don't take this as an, a, pers- a personal affront. I'm trying to get at that, you know, under the it, it's fine to say I believe these things. Then we got to ask certain questions like, does your life, does my life have any meaning does being a human being mean anything? Is it, is it special to be a human being? And if those answers are no, like there's nothing special about being a human versus being a, a canary or a canine, then at this point, it's like, well, then what does it matter? Was, well, then all that's left is for me to find my own meaning that you kind of get into this almost uh, postmodernist. I, I define my own truth. I, it's all relative. 
And so I just look for things that give me pleasure, that give me happiness. But you have to keep peeling that onion. That's fine. So then you go, okay, well, then you, you, know, you, you try to get a nice meal and you try to get a, a nice mate. You try to get uh, you know, an, a nice work job and um, material possessions. But at the end of the day, are those things fulfilling? And do they, do they give the human being, do they provide the meaning that is necessary? And they might. When you're in your 20s and 30s to be able to show like, I got a great wife, I got a great car, look at the house we bought. Like you're trying to climb into fulfillment and growth as an adult and you're trying to establish yourself in this life. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, there's a, there's kind of a Christian, this isn't necessarily orthodox thinking necessarily, small o orthodox, uh, but there's this idea that it's like, well, the, everything is spiritual and anything that's like in this world is just no good. And so I'm going to ignore all this and uh, I'm not going to try to be successful. I'm not going to work hard. I'm not going to try to accumulate wealth, et cetera, et cetera. And then you you see these families and it's kind of sad. Like it's almost like the father has abdicated his role in the family you know, all he cares about is reading the Bible and being spiritual. And I think you're supposed to be a spiritual leader in your family, but you're no good as a spiritual leader if you're also not a good material leader, because those things are not separate. There's a dualistic mentality that this is spiritual and that's material. It shouldn't be that way. I think it's right for people to engage this world wholeheartedly. And what I mean, this world is like, get in there, get a job, develop competency, find a mate, have a family, buy a home if you're able to do those things. Like it's, I don't mean get into debt and become consumeristic. I'm just saying, get in there and live and live well and live successfully as you can, as you're able. Don't make it the be all and end all. It's not where you get meaning, but there is fulfillment in looking at your children and saying, oh, my children are thriving. There's something very human about wanting to procreate, to have a mate for life, to, to grow a family, to have material wealth and possessions, to be able to enjoy some of the nice things in life. That's not an evil thing. That's not being materialistic. But there's this idea that those things can provide meaning and they can't. Uh, having a family can provide meaning. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to put all those things on the same level. I'm just saying this material pursuit of just trying to find aesthetic experiences. You know, I read a good book. I, I drank a great glass of wine. I had a great meal, you know, like that. Like I, I, I had a wonderful time uh, last night with that woman, like, those things only go so far. Yes, they're wonderful. They can be wonderful experiences, but at the same time, they can hollow you out. If you don't have a deeper purpose for your life, if you don't have something that gives you meaning, those things end up hollowing you out. They can't fulfill you enough. So yes, when you're younger, those things can feel amazing because that's the stage of life where you're supposed to be building those things. But as you mature and as you age, if you're, if you're blessed to, to be able to do that, you find it's like, oh, this thing's going to wrap up. What, and, and what has this life meant? See, the thing about meaning is when you are looking to yourself for meaning, you find that you're not enough. You are not enough to give yourself meaning. And that sounds a little weird. But like when you look to yourself for meaning, you're essentially saying, I'm looking to myself to, to contextualize, 
myself because we find meaning in context. I'm looking to myself to become uh, useful, purposeful, valuable. And, and you're, ourselves is just too small. It's too small of a universe. You, you end up looking inwards for fulfillment. And even if you look to another individual, if you go, well, I'm going to put everything, all my chips in this, you know, on this uh, uh, square here, I'm looking to this person, this relationship, this uh, individual, like that's not enough either. Uh, people will fail us. So I think we have a crisis of meaning. And, and this all started with me saying, you know, these people out there just screaming science, science, science. And at the same time, uh, the, the first sign of science, this cold hearted, uncaring machine that just marches on the first sign of it threatening our well-being. Well, my goodness, we got to like, you know, hold on a second. What's funny is they don't repent of their science uh, banner, their science war cry. It's just a very strange, very hypocritical. You know, they're so quick to point fingers at the Christians. Oh, you Christians, you need a sky God to save you. You know, you cry out to Jesus. I don't need Jesus to be a good person. I know how to be good without God. You people are bizarre. You're terrible. You must be really weak. Yeah. Christians are saying, yeah, I'm weak. <laughs> we're, we're leading with that. The funny thing is these, the folks that the, the supposed atheists and so on, you're weak too. You're no stronger than we are. And the first sign of trouble, a lot of you guys will go running for the hills. Mask, you know, I've talked to these people, you know, conservatives, supposedly uh, liberals, progressives. You know, when, when you come from this kind of atheistic, there's the people like everyone needs to get double vax, triple vax. Everyone should wear masks. Everyone needs to stay home. If you don't do these things, you should pay the price. You should pay the consequences. If you don't do, you shouldn't be allowed to be part of our society. It's like, what kind of, what kind of mind is that? You're so scared that you might get sick that you're willing to subjugate a whole, a whole like class of people, a whole group of people to us, to a lower class, strip them of their basic human rights. Anyway, I digress. I was going to spend this episode. I don't want this to be a long episode. I was going to spend a little bit of time reflecting back on 2021, talking a little bit about 2022 and where we're going. That's how I kind of got into this where the year is filled with hope, but the last couple of years we've lost hope. I have a lot of hope for this year. And, and what I started out with this kind of diatribe, if you will, or soliloquy in uh, a soliloquy, I think is off to this audience. Like you're in the middle of a play and then the character kind of stops and looks at the audience and has a little monologue. I think that's a soliloquy. I'm not a theater fellow, so I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but I was talking about hope because yes, I was saying life is hard. It always has been. Life has always been hard for humanity. It's a, it's a struggle. Life is a struggle. It's not always fair. It's not always happy. It's not always filled with goodness. And yet at the same time, there's something amazing and wonderful about being alive. Our life is a gift, even if it is a struggle. And I was just reflecting on going forward this year that, yeah, we're kind of as a society becoming cynical. It's becoming cool, funny to joke about how crappy 2022 is most likely going to be, how hostile and, and malevolent uh, 2022 is going to be towards us. And don't get your hopes up because it's just going to, you know, it's just going to, you know, rip the feet out from underneath you. Kind of like being a Buffalo Bills fan. Not that I am one, but I know some of my listeners are. 
you know, you kind of get your hopes up for the Bills. This could be our year. They're going to do it. They're looking great. And they, and they, get, they start showing promise. And then, oh, oh, we threw it all away. By the way, the Bills are looking great. They are building a very interesting organization. And I do think, I, I don't want to jinx, uh, not that we believe in jinxing on this show, but I don't want to jinx it for anybody, but um, they could do it. One of these years coming up, I think they're doing some interesting stuff. Anyway, I, I, I'm hopeful. I think, that, I think that 2022 is going to be a very difficult year in a lot of ways. And it, but, but personally, I am hopeful. I'm not hopeful that I will avoid any of this difficulty. I'm not hopeful that if I keep my fingers crossed and you know behave a certain way, that somehow the year will turn out just to be magically great or the bad things I think might happen just won't happen. If I don't look them in the eye, if I pretend they don't live uh, just next door to me, that, it's figuratively speaking, I don't have anything bad living next door, I'm wonderful neighbors. You know, If I just pretend this thing's not just hanging over my, my shoulder waiting to pounce, uh, it'll just go away. This is not me whistling past the graveyard. I believe that 2022 is going to be tough. I think it's going to be a tough year in a lot of ways. I think there's a lot of struggle. I think there's some fights to fight. I think there's a lot of uh, uh, chaos. There are some you know, powerful forces marshalling that, that do not have uh, my well-being in mind, nor anybody else in societies. Uh, I just think it's going to be a tough, tough year. There's going to be a lot of chaos and upheaval. That said, I am extremely hopeful, not wishful, but hopeful. I believe, I have faith that this is going to be a good year, that, that I am going to be able to be fruitful and productive. That's my heart's desire, is to be fruitful and productive. And I think that in the face of adversity, in the face of chaos, in the face of darkness and hardship, there's an amazing opportunity to be productive and fruitful. And I feel emboldened. I feel encouraged this year to stand strong. I think 2021 was formative for me in a lot of ways. I don't, you know, formative. It's like, gosh, Mike, you're 54. Like you're still forming. (laughs) But I think 2021 informed a lot of where I'm at right now in my own headspace, my own heart space. I think the move out of New York State uh, was what I needed. I needed the breathing room, not to run away from the problems, I needed a little bit of breathing room to collect myself and to reorganize and refocus. And I think that we've got, I think I've been able to get that this year. You're like, Mike, don't talk about this stuff. You're just going to, you're just going to set yourself up for some horrible thing. It may be, I think that 2022 is going to be tough. I really do. But I am, I am hopeful. I have faith that, that we are going to make some real progress this year, real progress this year. I, 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 I hope that you feel similarly. Don't don't buy into this kind of cynicism, this 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 demoralized demoralized mindset. And that's what a lot of this is. The cynicism I tend to be cynical, don't get me wrong. I'm very quick to be cynical, to be snide about things, to be sarcastic about situations. I make that I I go there naturally. It's not like I'm Mr. Joy Joy happy guy. I meet people, sometimes I'm guilty of thinking the worst. Something happens and I look at this, I go, well, that, this guy's up to, you know, like I, I'm, I don't, I don't think I have any phobias, but I kind of like, I assume the worst often about people. D- don't worry. If you're my friend, I don't mean to say that everybody, I'm just secretly assuming the worst, but I see behaviors. I see activities. I see things happen. I'm like, this isn't good. Not coming from a good place. I think this, I think they're up to this. I think we got to be careful there. I tend to be, I tend to be more cynical. 
So I'm not sharing this kind of coming from a place of, uh, of, uh, oblivion. You know, I'm one of these guys who's just like oblivious to reality. I tend to be very realistic, if not cynical at times, but I've got to say, I think in spite of this being what I believe is going to be a difficult year, it's going to be good work. I'm not asking for easy. I'm not asking for a year of just consumption and pleasure, but I want to sit at the end of my figurative day this year, end of a week, end of a month, end of the year. I want to sit back, achy, sweaty, dirty from having worked really hard, but I want to look and say, look what we did. Look what we accomplished. Look what we built. Look how far we've taken this thing. Now, I have some specific things that I want to build big focus this year. You know, I've got this consulting practice and quite frankly, if I wanted to focus on my consulting practice and that's my full-time gig, consulting practice takes care of us and takes care of us quite well. I'm grateful for that. But if I wanted to, I could turn this consulting practice into a multi-million dollar organization. I think, you know, at, at 54, soon to be 55, if I put a good 10 years in, this could be a $5 million, $10 million business many employees, multiple cities, et cetera. I'm confident that that's not, that's not just, I've learned so much in the agency world and the strategy consulting marketing world. I just, I just, it's almost, it's kind of a bummer because I look at, I look at the kind of playing field. I'm like, I know exactly what we would need to do to grow this thing into something significant. And you think about being 55 and having, say, a $10 million company that you can sell. And a $10 million company is not massive, but for a services company, a consulting company, that's a big business. That's a good-sized business. And you can make a lot of money from that. Either you're just kind of living off of the proceeds or you sell it. I know that I could build that. And I've got the energy for it. But here's the funny thing. I don't want to. I'm not as interested in it. I love the consulting work. I love my clients. I've got very specific clients. I love working with them. Uh, I don't have employees right now. My son, one of my eldest, one of my sons, my eldest son was working with me last year, which was really wonderful. It was a special time together. He was able to kind of get into the business and get under the hood and understand the strategy and the marketing world a little bit. Uh, It was an opportunity for us to work father and son together, which was really nice for our relationship. He helped me a lot. There are things that he was able to do for my clients that I didn't want to have to deal with, and I really wasn't in a position to do them. And so it added value to the clients. We were able to make more money. It helped him help me, et cetera. Now he's working for an agency in Miami. So, I mean, it's good. I, I was glad to see him move to the next opportunity. But I'm not sitting here with any employees. It's just me. And if I wanted to, I could spin this thing up. Uh, But I'm not interested in that. I want to do something that has a broader impact. I want to touch more individual lives. And so, yes, a $10 million, $5 million consulting group, that touches a lot of lives. You're working with a lot of companies. You're doing a lot of work, et cetera. I want to help individuals find their way. I want to help specifically young guys from their late teens into their late 30s, early 40s. There's a, there's a set of guys that are trying to find their way in this world, and I want to help them. I want to help them with their business ideas. I want to help them with their wealth creation. I want to help them with their worldview. I want to help them with their relationships. I want to see young men come into their fullness as men in this world. That's what I want to do. That's where my heart is. 
And so my focus for this year is to, to build that audience. And I, I hate to say build that audience and then we'll monetize. You know, it says this funnel, you know, we got to build the audience. I do need to find a way to get some revenue from my work so that I can put more into it. But I'm not looking to build a multi-million dollar anything. I just want to be able to pay my bills honestly. But I want to pour my life into the next 10, 15, 20 years. That's what I want to pour it into is to other people's lives. And in the in the best way that I see doing that is through content, through this podcast, through my YouTube channel, through stuff that I'm working on on my website. Maybe at some point, you know, maybe I'll have some courses available. Maybe we'll do uh, physical get-togethers, conferences, seminars. I, I'm not really sure about all that stuff right now. The, the important thing is that I have to reach more people and I have to provide something of value. And so that's kind of my goal this year. Uh, you know, my YouTube channel right now stands at about, I'm just a handful shy. I think I've got 13,980 some odd subscribers. Uh, I'm just a few shy from 14,000. And I want to take it to 50,000 this year. And that's a huge lift. Any of you that have a YouTube channel know, like to go 36,000 new subscribers in a year is massive for a smaller channel. Once you get big, you can grow like that because you've got momentum on your side. But to be a little 14,000 uh, subscriber channel to go from 14,000 to 50,000 in one year, something big has to happen. And so I'm sitting here saying, but I've got to do this. The clock is ticking. And this is the meaning crisis. I know what I want to do. I know the meaning that my life you know, has and why, how I need to use it. I, I understand that. So I've got to get this audience bigger. So I've got to put a serious effort in to grow that YouTube channel. I want to grow my email list. If you haven't signed up for it yet, please, you know, connect with me. Just go to my website, mikegaston.com, and uh, you can sign up for the, for the email there. It's at the very top of the page. Uh, I want to do more with this podcast. And so I'm not going to necessarily replicate content. It's not like I'm going to do a podcast and email it out to everybody and then also share it as video content. Uh, you know, the podcast, I want to do commentary on news and events. I want to deconstruct uh, in the vein of the No Agenda show. Uh, I want to take my own personal kind of perspective and view. I want to get at news stories that aren't so well known. I want to get at trends and things happening in the world around us that maybe fly under the radar as it's getting crowded out by what's popular and deconstruct that. Because why? Because I want to help people think and see the world differently. And I think that gets at this idea of finding your way. I want to help create maps of reality so that people can navigate the world they find themselves in. Because I, I, I feel, feel, not fear, I feel, I see I know that the maps that are being presented, the narratives that are being presented to us are false. They're not true. And when the maps do not represent the terrain, you end up with delusion. And look around us. I mean, who here would argue uh, against the idea that we live in a world of delusion? And so my focus with the podcast is to help deconstruct and help provide perspective. My focus on, on the YouTube channel will be the same thing, but to do it in different ways. I'm going to be experimenting, but, but, you know, I've been talking for a year or two now, like, oh, I'm trying to figure out my model. I'm trying to figure out my content. I've been talking about this to people offline. I mention it here on the podcast. You'll see it show up in my YouTube channel. I've got it figured out finally. The trick now is just to go all in. How much effort, how much effort can I put in? And so that's Hopefully what you're going to see over the next while, this podcast, I want a special thanks to a handful of people, Dave Danglis, uh, Nestworks, uh, that's a handle, uh, got in touch with me, 
there's another fellow. There's a few folks. I, I, I don't remember all the names as I'm just kind of doing this off the cuff, but a handful of people have gotten in touch and said, I'd love your content. Your content's great. And I'm like, well, it's not that good. I'm trying to figure out the like, it's great. You don't need to figure it out. I want more. And so I, you know, what, what that did for me is to say, Mike, you have to give what you have. You have a gift, not meaning that my gift's better than somebody. I have something. It's me. I have to give that. And, and so what I'm working on, rather than trying to figure out the model and, oh, I've got to crack the code, I'm going to be going deeper and putting more effort into doing this better. It's just really about making it better. And the same for the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel, I've got to do a better job of actually putting content out there. I, I have been sporadic. But I'm this year going to be putting a lot of effort into content, written articles uh, for the website, uh, podcast episodes, YouTube videos, and email newsletters going out. It's going to be a lot of work. I've got to, I'm going to have to really be disciplined this year. And uh, there's going to be a cost with that, but I feel like it's worth it. And quite frankly, for me, at least not for you necessarily, but for me, time's running out. I got to, it's now or never. So that's what 2022 for me is going to be a lot of hard work trying to get content out there, reach more people and over time kind of coalesce a community. And then as far as how do I pay my bills, I think the community will let me know. The community will say, hey, this is what we could really use. Be happy to pay for this or happy to support that. I'll figure out that model. There's different models. You could sell stuff. You could get sponsors. You could do more of a value for value like they do on the No Agenda show where, um, and I know a lot of my listeners are No Agenda fans. I don't need to explain it to you, but those that are not No Agenda listeners, first of all, you should check out the show. Fantastic, entertaining, insightful podcast. For all the fun and yucks, I got to tell you something. These guys, they often, they often, often are way ahead of the curve on what's actually going on. And I think through coronavirus, especially, I'm listening to the show uh, years before Corona hit. I got to tell you, these guys were on the money. They were very instrumental in helping me not be fearful at the outset of this, um, at the outset of this pandemic, scamdemic. But anyway, I highly recommend you guys go check out the No Agenda Show, noagendashow.com. And, uh, but that said, the value for value model, essentially what they do there, they don't have sponsors. They don't have anything like that because they don't want anybody dictating what kind of content they can do. So they just essentially say, hey, if you find this content valuable, donate. Like, if you think what we're doing is useful to you, donate. And if you don't, uh, then don't donate. Like, don't listen if you don't think, you know, like, they're not demanding donations. They're saying, hey, value for value. If we're creating and giving you value, hey, give us some value back. That's a great model. And um, now they've got a massive audience. I I donate, you know, I, I try to do my fair share to help support what they do. Uh, and they're really cool about it. It's fun. They don't, they're, no one's twisting anybody's arm. Nobody's shaming anybody. They have a good time with it. They've built something special. So that's another model. You know, you're either selling stuff, you're doing a value for value, you're getting sponsors, or maybe you're doing a hybrid. So we'll figure that out later. Uh, I'm eating just fine right now. I'm not worried about it. It just would be nice to be freed up so that I could give more time to content creation, more time to research, more time to show prep, more time to production. I think that I could provide more value to more people if I could focus on it more. And right now it's just kind of a side thing. So 
This has been kind of a long, informal uh, discussion about where we're at right now, 2021 a little bit, and my perspective for 2022, but I've got some goals for 2022. I want to grow the YouTube channel to 50,000 subscribers. I would, uh, If you haven't subscribed, go check it out. Just look for Mike Gaston on YouTube. Uh, there's two channels. There's my main channel and there's Mike Gaston Live. Uh, subscribe to both. I mean, I don't do a lot of live streaming, but... Um, definitely subscribe. And if you haven't done so already, sign up for the newsletter. Uh, Not interested in selling anything today. I just want to reach more people and have a bigger community. And then we'll figure it out after that. Guys, I hope that you have had a wonderful holiday season. And I wish for each and every one of you God's blessing for 2022. I'm grateful for all of you. I'm grateful for the feedback that you give me and the encouragement, even the critiques and criticism. But most of all, I'm just grateful for you. I'm grateful that you're on this earth. And I pray that you could have a wonderful year this year. I pray that you would be healthy, materially successful, and that you would find fulfillment and meaning and purpose in your life. And don't forget, I love you all. Hey, I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Cheers. Thank you.